0: Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Sheff and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Cash Flow Guys podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about gross income, operating expenses to get to your net operating income. So don't miss out on that, folks. Tyler and Leo up next.
0: Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow Guys podcast, episode eight. I, my name is Tyler Sheff. I'm here with my co host, Leo Young.
1: Episode eight already. Holy smokes. Hey,
0: time flies when you're having fun.
1: <laughs> I tell you what.
0: You know, before we know it, we're probably going to wind up at episode 208 and then kind of look at each other with gray beards going, what the what? heck just happened?
1: And <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Exactly. I
0: need a nap. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, today on today's show, we're going to talk about income and expenses. We're going to boil that down to your cash flow. How do you get to the cash flow number?
1: Yeah, and that's the one thing that folks... Um you know, they, that that's the big number. That's, that's what they want. But there's numbers behind the numbers, and that's really what we're going to dive into and get a little weedy with some of this stuff, which is okay. We want to get a little weedy because these numbers are really, really very important. And the first number that we're going to start with is gross income. And, Tyler, I know most folks out there that listen to the podcast, they're interested in real estate and real estate development or real estate uh, – I'm sorry, entrepreneurship – they're looking at the gross income. What are the rents? Well, it can go a little bit beyond that many times.
0: Well, it can actually go a lot a bit beyond that. Uh, and that's the thing a lot of people miss is, you know, I, I work with, a, when we work with new investors out in the field, they, you know, they think, sometimes they, they think, well, my income and expenses are as follows. I collect 750 a month rent. I have a $300 mortgage payment. So I'm going to wind up with a $450 profit. That's outstanding. But, you know, it goes a lot deeper than that. We'll get into expenses later in the show, but. The income, you know, people miss out on some of the income opportunities that are available now. Admittedly, a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today, the income streams, the multiple income streams apply to more towards the multifamily sector than the single family sector. But these are important, powerful tools to boost Those final cash flow numbers.
1: Oh, certainly. And as we are looking at properties all over the country, we're looking at the potential of many of these things we're going to go over in just a minute. And how can we create additional income streams or extend the income streams that are already existing, clean them up, make them better, whatever that is. So when we're looking at properties, we're not just looking at how much is coming in, how much is going out, but how much is coming in, how can we clean that up, make it better, and how can we add to that gross income?
0: Well, let's start out right at the top with rent. And you know, here's a little kind of a ninja secret that we use in our properties is, you know, well, let's say we have a property that our goal is to net 900 and I we're doing this with uh, property right now in Tarpon Springs. So when we put it on the market and we start interviewing tenants and all that, we tell them flat out the rent is $1,000 a month. Right. However, if they pay on time or within, you know, if they pay early, mm-hmm. a day before the rent is due, they're entitled to a $100 discount, dropping the rent down to 900 Yep. So what we found is, in the event that we have non-pay situations and things like that, the courts look more favorably on helping us collect the thousand dollars than they do the nine hundred. And if they don't pay on time, we automatically earn that hundred dollars plus the daily late fees on top of it. So, you know, I hate to 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 prosper off of of uh, bad situations. However, you know, we occur additional expenses when people pay their rent late. So we look for strategies on how we can offset that and pass that back to the tenant where it belongs.
1: Right. Ultimately, incentivizing the tenant to perform positively. You get a little discount if you pay it early. Great. Well, they know they're going to get uh, a surcharge or a fee if they pay it late, just like if you pay your bank payment late, just like you pay your car payment late. Any of those are going to incur late fees. Well, the same thing goes with rent. Absolutely. But Allowing them a discount to pay it early. Some folks take advantage of that, and it's, uh, of course, we get the rent early. That's better.
0: Absolutely, everybody wins. We get the rent early, the tenant gets you know, it gives them an incentive to do it, but it, it also provides them that little bonus. Uh, they don't have to pay it early, but if they don't pay it early, they're not going to see that discount.
1: Right, exactly. Now, we want to encourage everybody out there to make sure that your lease is tidy, and of course, with that, it all has to be in writing. So, if defer to your action team, which is going to be uh, your attorney, obviously, in there to make sure that the fees that you're charging and are associating or the discounts are. Uh, allowable in your area and fit the um, fit the guidelines where you're renting and where you're collecting.
0: Absolutely, and that lease is critical. You know, my lease is seven pages long.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, we we learned a lesson early on. Getting a lease from uh, Office Depot and Staples and things like that can be uh, can really can kind of be suicide. It, it really is not what you want to do. You go go ahead and pay a couple hundred bucks to have an attorney draw it up.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I want to talk about storage for a minute. That's the thing that people miss the boat on a lot, landlords miss the boat on. You know, you can buy, uh, at least in in the central Florida area, west coast of Florida, you could buy a storage shed, prefabbed, have it delivered for a nominal amount of money, a couple thousand dollars, brand new. Yep. And I've done this up at our little fourplex in Tarpon Springs where, you know, you drop a, a 10 by 16 storage shed in there and then you divide it up over the four units Mm -hmm. and then offer them the opportunity to have on-site storage and that's a big benefit to people.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people don't think about that. You know, how do you further uh, gain income? How do you use what you have to get what you need to get what you want as a landlord? Adding four storage sheds or one community storage shed is a great way of getting a little extra income coming in.
0: Absolutely, and you know, you can, and this is where leverage kicks in. You know, you can get those uh, on payments, those sheds, and it costs you, I don't know, it's like, say, $300 a month to get a, a 10 by 16 or, or bigger shed, you rent that out to the tenants, offer that to the tenants for, say, $75 a month uh, or $100 a month. Let's say if you're only paying $150, $200 a month for the shed, you're u- getting use of that shed generating income, and you're making money off of that leverage. Granted, not a lot, but in some cases, if you don't have the cash to do it, it using other people's money, in other words, the shed company, to hold that paper for you over time, a year, two years, whatever you structure, you make a little bit of extra profit every month off of that. And at the end, when it's paid off, you get it's clear profit.
1: It's clear profit, right. And you can use those uh, collections, the collections of that money, to offset increases elsewhere. When we get a little deeper to G, uh, GI and NOI, it'll make sense. But your taxes are going to go up. Your insurance is going to go up. You can't just take the rents up.
0: No, you can't. Yeah.
1: You, you, you can't just say, okay, well, it's gonna, the rents are going to climb as everything else goes up. It doesn't work that way. So we really work hard on seeing how it can maximize the gross income off every property we buy.
0: Well, what we find out is that giving the tenant options, you know, albeit a menu to choose from, things they want and things they don't want. People don't want to pay for things they don't need or that aren't important or are not important to them. Sure, for example inner city if you if you own a apartment building or a rental property in the city, parking is always at a premium. It's tough, like if you own something in downtown Saint Pete, it may be difficult to find parking, yes, uh maybe you have a large family, whatever, or you know if you own a building like that where parking is at a premium, some tenants maybe may take the bus or motorcycle or something, and they're not gonna need the parking. However, other tenants could put those parking spots to use so charge a small fee for parking.
1: Right, especially, like you said, in those areas where you're highly urbanized and the rents are vertical and not spread out, parking is an issue. Parking's a deal. And uh, certainly in the areas like downtown areas, those fees are regular, normal fees that those renters will book into their allotment that they Absolutely. Um, yeah that they're outlay so they know they got to pay for it.
0: A friend of mine was a, is a well still is a secret service agent and um he he gets assigned into big metro cities all the time as part of his job and a couple years back he was living in New York City. And the parking he had to pay extra. The apartment did not come with parking. He was yep. on the I don't know the 14th 15th floor whatever it wanted to be in but he didn't have any parking that came with the unit. He would either have to park somewhere in New York City and figure out how to get home, or he could rent a parking spot, and I believe the cost was several hundred dollars a month.
1: Yeah, it's not cheap.
0: No, and that's, of course, in the New York City market, but... Still, that's a that's an add-on service that does apply in some markets.
1: Well, go to L.A., go to San Diego, go uh, any of your uh, large urban areas, Atlanta area, even downtown Jacksonville. Parking is a big deal.
0: Well, another play, another way to make money off the parking, depending on the location, if you have a, a concert venue or something nearby, uh, art festivals in the area, and you have a big lot at your re- rental property. Mm-hmm think about coordinating some of that off if once that you figure one or two spots for the tenants and you still have a big piece of property there's an additional income stream you put a teenager out there with a an umbrella and a lawn chair And when these big events comes up he can charge for people the public to park there in the parking lot or in the field or whatever another source of income that adds up
1: oh that certainly does add up and especially on event parking scenarios like that who are going to pay ten bucks twenty dollars you know to to park there so if you are close to areas and of course you want to call your city or your local municipality to see what events are going on that you can offer that parking to you want to make sure it's permissible through the city that you can provide those parkings for a fee to those events and venues and uh, it's a I've done that before in North Florida i mean Florida State University and stuff like that had property all over the place and One of the college uh, students had a big piece of property in a corner lot. The actual uh, students started charging for people to park there. My tenants did. Hmm. Well, we uh – so after that conversation I, about that, well, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I let them do it the, the first time through, and then uh, then when the new tenants came in, I turned the lease over to my attorney and I said, okay, we need to coordinate this off so they can't do that. One because I didn't want their liability that that liability exposed on well, there no. no. For, for for the protection of my property, obviously. But then I did. I have uh, I had somebody. Then I'd split it with them fifty fifty. So you're parking on a game day, they pull fifteen cars into the lot. The tenants knew that those were designated parking areas. We split the profits off. We went. It was a great, great gig. Sounds cool. Uh, another
0: another type of uh, income source on some rental properties are the amenities. Uh, having if you've got uh, pools to some degree, but uh, community centers. Yep. For yep. example, there's places up in Pasco County where the homeowner pays an extra fee per year to have access to the community center. Perhaps that's a fee that you have the opportunity to pass on to the tenant if it's something that interests them. They want to go play shuffleboard or they want access to the pool and there's some sort of a badge or a control to entry type of scenario. Right. You may mark that up a little bit. Let's see if it's, I don't know, 100 bucks a year. You charge $200 a year and give them the opportunity to use those amenities or throw it in for free make it a little more advantageous for people to want to rent
1: there. Right. As an add value kind of scenario. Well, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to go into gross income a little bit more, dive down a little deeper in some of the ways that you can create additional income coming in off your properties. So stay tuned. We are the cashflow guys. Future home realty is a proud sponsor of the cashflow guys podcast. Our philosophy is to provide our agents with the best education in the industry matched with an aggressive compensation plan that makes sense for you. Future home agents make more because they keep more, a lot more. If you are a licensed agent and you're trapped by a compensation plan that is not in your favor, give us a call at 727-417-9696. That's 727-417-9696. Today is the day to take control of your career and your checkbook. Welcome back, folks. This is Leo and Tyler. We're the Cash Flow Guys, and we're talking about gross income and all the ways that you can utilize uh, different methods to increase not just rents, but uh, your cash flow in each property. And uh, Tyler, we're we're talking about community centers, and we were talking about that kind of thing, pools and and all of that. Some folks, um, that that may be a little tough to do, but laundry, that is a huge deal when we're renting Oh, yes, it is.
0: Absolutely. Laundry is, actually, that's something I'm looking at doing in my my, uh, apartment buildings out of state. Is setting up a facility to provide laundry to the tenants coin laundry. Mm -hmm. You know, there's different ways you can do it. You can go out and buy the equipment, and it's a little more expensive than, um, you know, the non-coin laundry, obviously because of the coin mechanism and all that. But the other option is you can rent that equipment, and it's maintained by the company that that uh, you rent it from or lease it from. Yes, you can. Huge, huge profit center. If you think about, go to the laundromat. First of all, you gotta have fifty pounds of quarters in your right pocket. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so you walk funny and you look like a moron going into the laundromat. Sorry folks, but that's just how it is. I've been that moron many times. And you know, they're walking in there, they're paying a dollar fifty, two dollars and some places a lot more to do a load of laundry. Yeah. And it's inconvenient, so they'll save up several loads of laundry. They go in there and do let's say they do four loads of laundry. Yeah. At a dollar fifty a load, that's six dollars and they still gotta uh, dry
1: it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and and that's the other thing you said, inconvenience. Holy smokes. I, I'm, I'm there for four hours, no matter if it's full or if it's empty. Because like you said, I'm going to do five loads of laundry because I don't want to do it very often. I'm in there all morning, it seems. I'm away from my phone or, you know, I'm, I'm in a public place and I can't get any work done and you're out of sorts. So putting laundry facilities or having that ability that add value to the uh, facilities, just like you did. I did the same thing years ago in an apartment complex I had. Correct. I nice. added some coin laundry, and I actually hired the company to put in the coin-operated systems. They did it for a fee. I got uh, a fee off of it. They got paid, and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to police the machines. That was my big thing. I don't want to. I don't want to be the laundry police.
0: Well, no, and one of the things that I did up in my place in my fourplex up in Tarpon is I instead of coin laundry because these were gonna, actually going to be in in-unit um, washer and dryers, so mm-hmm. they were. Not public, so to speak. They were located in each individual apartment. I went out and bought some. I'll call them new used apartment-size washer and dryers, but they didn't have a coin mechanism. So what I did is I just adjusted the rent to allow for inside laundry. And and as far as apartment buildings go, I am one of the only apartment buildings that has in Tarpon Springs that has in-unit laundry facilities.
1: That's an add value.
0: No additional charge. Absolutely. So I added the added to the rent. I added an additional twenty-five dollars a month. For those machines, I paid two hundred and fifty dollars per machine for them. so in ten months, the machines are paid off, they're free and clear, right right, and then after that, it's just clear profit
1: right exactly. so again, adding value, increasing those uh those rental streams from uh, one existing piece of property and taking it a little bit further even even on down the road utility, internet, cable, that's a big deal. Up up there in North Florida where I had a lot of the college stuff, holy smokes, if you're not bundling that service together, you're not getting a good tenant.
0: No, you're not. And you know, a lot of condominiums offer basic cable and things like that, but if you call the, the cable providers and you have a large enough building, you have enough units, they'll give you one set price to wire the whole building. Yeah. Now, you can offer a discount. You're getting a discount, so let's say if it's normally... Well, these days you call Bright House or Verizon or one of those. And by the time they're done taxing you, it's sixty, seventy dollars a month for just for internet. Yeah. And then if you want cable, and they force you to take a phone that you never answer, and things like that, <laughs> right. you can very easily spend a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars a month just between cable and internet, nothing else. So if you buy that in a bundle, or, or not a bundle, rather, but if you wire the entire building, right, have that internet, maybe some Wi-Fi hotspots and things like that in there, charge the tenants yeah. maybe. Let's say it's costing you $35 a month because you're buying in volume. Mm-hmm. You charge the tenants 100 a month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know you make a nice little profit right there, $65 a month extra profit times how many units do you have. Those numbers add up pretty quick.
1: They do. They add up very quick and it just takes a call to your provider to see what services they allow you know you to purchase absolutely and and it does it makes it a lot smoother and cleaner on the tenant as well instead of the move in and the move out where they got to order this and the guy comes in and he does this thing and then he runs the new wires and he's tacking more wires onto your building or dishes i get where um i I added in my lease they they could not put any more dishes on the um on the houses, when I had the three twos and the four twos and stuff like that, I, I would have three, four dish because they just leave them up there. Well, yeah, the
0: equipment's a throwaway.
1: The equipment's a throwaway, right. So I had in my leases where I had to approve all of that because I, well, <laughs> once I didn't even pay attention, I was in my 20s and I had three satellite dishes. You know, one from last year, one from the year before that, and one from the current tenants. Like, holy smoking, they're poking holes in my roof.
0: Well, yeah, and your, and your walls and everything else. Yeah. It? <laughs> it Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, speaking of utilities, these are things that, Provide they they separate your property from the competition, spot, so to speak. I mean, that's why I have a waiting list to move into my buildings because I provide these extra amenities to the tenants. It's a huge convenience factor. They they know they have inside laundry. Uh, they can have cable and internet. It's already set up, ready to go. And these are add value uh, scenarios that definitely make my place stand out over others. In which I don't have to worry about vacancy loss. You know, limiting vacancy losses. Huge, (laughs) huge.
1: huge. Well, and also cuts your marketing expense down, you don't have to market the properties now. Well, no, not at all. Because they know, word gets around, renters talk and all that kind of stuff, and people come over to the house and, wow, man, you've got, you know, you've got internet and you've got cable and you've got this and you've got that. They're going to pay for it anyway, somehow or some way. They're going to, you know, they're going to be drawn to it or, or, or want to pay for it. So you add that value, reduces your expenses and adds a greater service for each one of the tenants.
0: Well, absolutely. And to, and to further that uh, quickly is that the there's a fourplex next door to mine that's basically the exact same building. And of course, mine is much nicer. has some nice landscaping. We have the amenities. The owner there is calling me going, how are you getting so much rent? You know, I've been trying to rent them for what you're getting and people just laugh at me and walk away. And I can't even, I'm getting 900 for mine. I, and he's going, well, I can't give you. I have a hard time getting 650. But they think, well, it's a rental property, so I'm going to Cut corners wherever i can mm-hmm. you know you have to change your you have to change your mindset when you 're a landlord if you 're going to be a typical landlord, then you can expect typical results right if you 're going to be an exceptional landlord or you expect ex- exceptional results, be an exceptional landlord provide you 're providing a service to your client right clean safe affordable housing
1: yeah oh it 's critical and um, the, the, even with that you 've got to do your math to make sure your property Can yield that. So it takes some research. And and sometimes you can get really super creative with this stuff. I've got friends out in California. And um, there's some just killer stuff going on out there. And, And of course, other areas of the country, we find it a little bit in Florida, but even extending that gross income, where they're putting up rooftop cell towers. Not big giant cell towers, but if they have a four-story building, let's say, or or whatever it may be, having those small uh, cell units on top of the buildings, which um, is providing obviously this, the provider is gonna the, the cell providers you're leasing them, so they're they're gonna pay you absolutely <laughs> for that stuff. You see it a lot on the condos and stuff down here. Um, can you add another bedroom? Can you add another bathroom?
0: Or in some cases, you know, you see like mis- mixed. Mixed types of apartment buildings that have lots of two bedrooms and they may have a few odd one bedrooms. Perhaps you could convert those one-bedroom apartments into a laundry facility and the adjoining apartments that could be at a third bedroom. Right, Depending exactly. on how the floor plan is.
1: Exactly, depending on what you can do with that. So finding your load bearing and your member structures and things like that. Um, lots of... Um, Lots, it's a big trend right now, going green and greener and greener and greener. Utility uh, reclamation and irrigation. Um, there are large apartment complexes that will that I've seen them actually bury, uh, not use the reclaimed water. Some areas don't have reclaimed water for their irrigation systems, and they'll bury tanks in the ground and they'll reclaim that water to use for the irrigation. It lowers that uh, utility bill. Also, utility reclamation where and that's where you're putting um, windmills and the... Um what are the things called that with the sunlight, the solar power, <laughs> the solar panels, and things? Where they're selling the electricity back now for a lot of the the smaller folks, the three twos and the quads and things like that, it doesn't typically uh, math out real good. But if you've got a, uh, a a complex of twenty or thirty units and you've got security lights, you've got parking lights and things like that, as the landlord, you're paying for that. Absolutely. So if you can lower that bill by selling some of the electricity back to the city, it just creates a bigger separation between your gross income and obviously your net income. And folks, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit more about those operating expenses that will calculate into that gross income, income to get you to your net operating income. So stay tuned for the Cash Flow Guys. Long Tacos Electrical Service is a Cash Flow Guys preferred provider for
0: all things electrical. In business since 1983, Lawn Tacos Electric is a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor serving the Tampa Bay area. The company has extensive experience in both residential and commercial electrical service. A professional electrical contractor is a critical member to any investor's team. Don't take chances with the lowest bidder. Hiring a licensed professional saves you time and money. Don't let your cash flow go up in smoke. Instead of calling the fire department, call Lawn Tacos Electric at 727-938-8895. Welcome back. we're at the second half of episode eight we're talking about income and expenses we, uh, now we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and drill down the expenses.
1: Yeah we, we talked about your income, how you can take that gross income which is not only rents but maybe storage and uh, developing you know cell towers, the utility usage, laundry fees or whatever really trying to maximize that gross income collected from your property. Now once you've got that tidy and handled, You've got expenses. Now, we're not talking about the, the, the loan right now. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about these, these fixed and rotating expenses and reoccurring expenses to basically own a building to rent it.
0: Well, absolutely. And, you know, one of the big mistakes people make is they're not accurately reflecting their expenses when they're doing their cash flow analysis.
1: The, absolutely correct. That is the biggest thing we see is uh, they just take it for kind of face value. And whatever they're – like if they have a utility fee, for example, if they have a static utility fee that they've got to pay as a landlord to keep security lights on or whatever, well, that's an easy one to calculate. But those expenses that come up randomly, like a toilet or um, you know, you've know, you got to do a repair or something like that, they, they've got to break the math down to the same math.
0: Well, absolutely, and that all comes back to the very beginning, getting people in the door to rent the places in the first place. Yeah, you know, Your marketing expense. Huge. And, you know, the dawn of the Internet, and as we progress farther into the future, marketing seems to get cheaper and cheaper. There's all kinds of free websites out there and Craigslist and, and, and things like that to market the properties, find a tenant. However, the, you know, a lot of the stuff still incurs expenses. you got signs, yep, newspaper ads, yep. things like that. Yeah, and well, don't think just because, you know, a mistake people make is, well, I'm hiring a property manager. Well, that's already covered. That comes down to reading the property management agreement. And a lot of property management companies have offsetted that, the uh, uh, cost of advertising to the, the owner. Yeah, That's not built into their fee in a lot of cases. So when you're getting those contracts, read through those management contracts and see what is included in that management fee and what's ex- excluded
1: from that management fee. And, and advertising
0: usually is one that they tend to exclude.
1: Yeah, they, they do. Now, the good ones will have an ongoing advertising, marketing, whatever you want to call it, budget, where they are reaching out constantly um, through either Craigslist or Postlets or, you know, whatever, um, having open houses. And I've had, um, I've had folks do open houses for rental units and, and different things like that, where they're constantly collecting this information from these prospective tenants and have a a hit list a hot sheet whatever you want to call it where as something comes up for rent these are the first people they call instead of having to now start advertising the property they've got a list of folks that they showed two months ago
0: absolutely and you know don't be afraid to ask questions you know when you're going when you're building your team your property manager obviously is a a critical piece of that team and Sometimes these advertising fees tend to be profit centers for the, pro- for the property managers, they not, sure not pass-through costs. Yep. And, you know, the one thing you may want to do early on when you're talking to your property manager is ask to see documented proof or, or you know, something besides their invoice for what the marketing expenses are now. At that point, they may say, well, we charge to write the ad on Craigslist and things like that. And, and if they're doing that, that's fine. You can't deny them the opportunity to charge for a service. However, it's good to know the origin of where these fees come from.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Well, taking it even further than that, um, some ancillary exp- um, expenses that people don't take in consideration and in calculate incorrectly Travel cost, getting to and from, cleaning, commissions, insurance. I mean, all of this all factors in to the operating expenses of that particular unit.
0: Absolutely. In our case, you know, we have properties up in uh, Tennessee, and we have to either get on a plane or we have to drive to Tennessee every once a couple times a year just to check on things, make sure things are the way they're supposed to be. And, of course, we also capitalize on that by heading down to Beale Street and having a few cool ones over by the Mississippi River and checking those things out. Great music. Great barbecue. (laughs) Ice cold beer. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, so those are valid ex- things. And when I look at a marketplace, this is why I don't buy single-family houses out of state. Because if you hedge a plane ticket against the cost to go visit or against your cash flow for a single-family house in another state, it's going to hurt your numbers. That's you know that's why we've grown to the double-digit numbers up there in Tennessee because it makes sense. It wouldn't make sense to have four or five um uh, doors up there and then yeah. be flying back and forth every once in a while. The key is having good management in place, so you don't have to fly back and forth, obviously, but you still, it's a good idea to go up and check on the properties every once in a while, just to make sure everything's the way it should be.
1: Well, that absentee landlord is just a recipe for disaster. Now, as we grow and get bigger, it's harder and harder to do it, but you still have to maintain the discipline to go visit and view your properties.
0: Absolutely. You know, cleaning and maintenance is another one that people generally overlook, and they're really underpriced, it, they'll say, oh, $10 a month. No. Well, you really can't even get a, a, a bottle of Windex and a pack of paper towels. It's going to cost you $10 a month.
1: Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. In in the North Florida area where I had a lot of those student rentals, we it was called TURN, T-U-R-N, TURN, because in, in college you come in on the semesters in the fall we would have a huge influx of kids coming in for college. That was your primary turn. January, you have a small turn, because usually they're on a year-long lease. Right. And then you have another turn for the summer semester as students, you know, ebb and flow. And finding somebody for that August turn – that would clean what we call flip the properties because they need to be flipped in not days. They need to be flipped in hours. Right. These tenants are leaving in the a.m. These tenants are coming in at the p.m. Literally, they've got three hours to flip this property. So they'll come in with five people, clean it, knock it out, and go where my handyman's caulking and doing his thing and all that kind of stuff. So it certainly depends on your area, who you're renting to and all of that kind of stuff as you're cleaning and maintenance fees. For me, my cleaning and maintenance fees were very high. Those people charge a lot of money to flip a house. They were flipping in a month. They probably flipped three or four hundred of them, but they take a month off, because sure. it, it nearly killed them.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, commissions is something that people often overlook. Uh, for example, if you, a lot of there are realtors out there that work in the rental market, not necessarily as property managers, but just in the tenant placement, and in a lot of cases, they well, in all cases, they charge a, a small commission, a fifty, hundred, two hundred dollar fee to place a tenant. Sure. You know in some cases they'll pass that on to the to the new tenant or they'll they'll look to the the owner of the property the landlord to pay those fees additionally property managers in some cases charge a portion of the monthly rent for the first month's rent these are things you have to pay attention to are you Incentivizing them to rent the property, or are you incentivizing them to make sure tenants move out on a regular basis so they can incur those extra
1: costs? Exactly, and how that rubber hits the road. You, you just you, you got to really dive into those contracts and really look at the rental history, and, and certainly you want to get references for a property manager as well for that very reason.
0: Next section here, I'm not going to say a word, I'm going to let Leo run
1: with this one. Uh, in Insurance. You have 12
0: seconds I'm watching the clock.
1: <laughs> Factoring, I'm probably the only insurance guy that's not a, that's Not a traditional insurance guy. I think you need insurance, um, you don't need the insurance the entire way. You need to be able to stagger your insurance and you need to be able to sit down with your agent and develop a self-insurance plan. We're going to have episodes on that later on down the road, folks, but uh, as an insurance agent I can tell you, you can get eight up with the insurance costs, especially in Florida, areas like California and stuff like that. It gets crazy as those numbers start to go. But again, we'll talk a little deeper on that. Legal fees, management fees, Repairs, supplies, taxes, utilities, all of that stuff, vacancy loss, all of that stuff has got to be calculated into these operating expenses. And it depends on how you do it.
0: Well, absolutely. And vacancy loss is something that people often overlook. Yeah. They don't know where to where to go to look for the information, or they just don't think it's going to happen to them. Well, it won't happen to me. Oh, of course. Because I'm a great guy. Nobody will ever move out.
1: It's a 12-month
0: lease. Yeah. Well, they break it?
1: What happened? Well, I'll
0: get to keep their security deposit.
1: Okay, great. They break it in month six, and you can never find them again. And they destroy the place. And it's all torn up. Yeah. What do you do?
0: you got two months of rehab. It happens. I mean, we're not trying to paint an ugly picture. It's just being realistic. and. You know, planning for things like this to happen, making sure you build these into your numbers at the time of acquisition, you know, begin with the end in mind, so to speak, having a plan in place, allowing for these deductions throughout the year that keeps you ahead of the curve. So if they don't happen, which so far to us, they haven't happened that often, it gives us a little extra bonus at the end of the year.
1: Right, it's building that business plan to not fail. Not to succeed, but to not fail.
0: Maybe so, we'll take some of that recouped uh, income that we hadn't planned on making and we'll make some small improvements to the properties. Uh, maybe we'll do some window treatments for the existing tenants to keep them in place because, as a landlord, the last thing you want is turnover.
1: Yes. Turnover is a killer. Term leasing is what you're really shooting for. Get If it's a 12-month lease, I want 12 months out of that lease.
0: Absolutely. One little ninja secret about vacancy loss, there's a website called Sperling's Best Places. And it, it they research all of the demographics of all the cities in the country. And if you go on that website and you look at uh, uh, percentage of rent and percent vacant and things like that for a particular zip code, you can drill it down right to the zip code, it will show you what expected vacancy losses are in your area. Obviously, the most, the, the most uh, expedient way to do that is to simply call your property manager, but I know a lot of our listeners are probably going to manage the property themselves We'll bump into them at one of our events, a cash flow game or something like that, and they'll roll their eyes and want to strangle us because <laughs> we talked them into buying rental property. And just remember, folks, before you do that, we also tried to talk you into hiring a property manager. Right. A good one.
1: A good one, yes. I don't want to take on another job and another headache. I want to get out of the rat race.
0: Because they're great property managers, and then there's everybody
1: else. Exactly right. Well, taking all this information together, starting with, obviously, your gross income, all those that, that money coming in, however you're uh, getting it. however you're deriving it, then taking account and being abreast of those operating expenses that's going to affect that gross income, you take that gross, you minus that operating expense, you come up with what's called NOI, net operating income. Now, when we talk to investors, that's really what they're looking for. We look at the gross. That's fine. The, the rents are 900 The rents are 1000 The rents are what they are. But what are you realizing? What's on the other side of the equal sign? That's your NOI, your net operating income. It's the gross, the, the in minus the out equals your net. The gross income minus the operating expenses equals your net operating income. And folks, that is something you're really going to have to get used to doing and calculating. One thing we want to make sure you do as well is uh, if you're doing it quarterly, do them all quarterly. If you're doing it monthly, do them all monthly. If it's annual, do it all annual. I know it's a little tough to break some of those costs out because they're ghost costs, like the repairs. You don't know if the repairs are going to happen or not. That's why you'll have a repair budget. But you have to factor in, if you're taking $20 a month out for your repair budget, Factor that into your expenses. Absolutely. So you can come up with an accurate NOI. Well, folks, that's going to do us for this episode, episode eight of Cashflow Guys. If you want to get a hold of Tyler or Leo, just drop us an email at info at CashflowGuys.com. Of course, you want to visit our website, CashflowGuys.com, and we'll uh, hope you're listening for us on episode number nine. My name is Leo Young. That's Tyler Chef, and we are the Cash Flow Guys.